No one will be admitted after the guests check in. Frank and yours is Ben and I'm gonna tell you where we've been no you can't rhyme the word with the word unless it's the n-word um welcome to motel hell my name <laughs> is Ben the beard ho and with me is Dick the fatty yes now uh folks as you may or may not notice our audio is a little bit more rough than usual probably well just for your uh, voice my my voice still rings through in dulcet tones but you're the worst. Um, and that's because we are practicing social distancing and not in the same room for once. Yes, that's true. So uh, we'll be doing our best to minimize the noise coming from two different places simultaneously. And we've also had to jerry-rig this up by um, using Zoom, but also a microphone and then playing the music out of my... or the sound out of my speakers back into the microphone. <laughs> because... The extremely low-budget setup that we normally do doesn't allow for multi-input recording at the same time, um, so it's silly. But uh, I guess we'll just get it out of the way first and say, yes, COVID-19 is happening or coronavirus pandemic, whatever. We're going to talk about that as little as possible because you're probably sick of hearing and thinking about it, and so are we. So we just want to say that right off the bat. And also, obviously, this episode's coming a little bit late, considering when our last one was posted, but as of right now, Ben and I don't have any current health issues, um, pandemic aside, we don't appear to be infected, and our other issues are in remission, so we're able to actually have another podcast session. Uh, so we're very excited to do this, even though it's not in our um, traditional uh, penis-to-penis, mouth-to-mouth uh, setting. So, One day we'll look back at this as the dark days of Motel Hell. Yeah, for sure. So tonight we're going to do Weird News, one of our favorite ways to sort of freshen up and clean the pipes, as it were. Uh, that sounds like we're jerking off. It does, but I mean... For our listeners who uh, are not stumbling upon this nightmare for the first time, you'll know that recently we just did the extensive series on Shinya Tsukamoto and are also in the middle of an extensive series of best records of the decade. And we're going to do something that's a little less intensive tonight. We're doing we're doing weird news. So yes. do you want to start, Ben, or do you want me to start? Uh, I'll start. I'm also going to preface with the fact that we will not be doing a movie review this week, uh, mainly because we did not watch a movie together this week. That's correct. I did get to play Red Dead Redemption 2 for 30 minutes before we started this, which was kind of like a short movie, so. And I have a giant stack of books that will hopefully be moving towards some research for future episodes, but we like doing weird news, so you guys have to suffer. Now, do you guys like Lucio Fulci? Do you like Fulci? Do you like Lucio? Well, Do you like Italian splatter flicks? Yeah. We are, well, not hyper-qualified, but we're going to be well-read and doing a really fun splatter episode. 
in the future, not to spoil too much. And we still have, we're going to do what Dylan and uh, Ian, I guess we'll have to figure out a way to do a three way. Ver- we'll have to probably <laughs> wait till that's in person. I think that's going to be too hard. So, um, yeah. I but anyway, interviews are going to take a back seat for right now. Yeah. Uh, Health and safety. But we do have some fun stuff come up for you guys. Oh, wait, we could do a uh, double zoom call. But anyway, anyway, housekeeping. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I'm going to start, and uh, my first news story uh, was actually uh, on March 20th, believe it or not. So this one's relatively recent. I tried to keep most of my news stories outside of the pandemic because I want fun stories that don't have to deal with the fact that I'm either stuck at home or an essential worker. So... We're going to kick this off with Miss Hitler contestant and her boyfriend convicted on terror charges. Love that. Uh, and uh, we'll have to post some pictures, as we always do with our news stories. But uh, anyway, a young Yorkshire woman and her boyfriend who worshipped Adolf Hitler and wanted to start a race war have been convicted on terrorism charges. Alice Cutter, 23, entered... Miss Hitler alternative beauty competition and shared an obsession for guns and knives with her partner, Mark Jones. Now, I didn't know uh, there was a beauty competition called Miss Hitler. Me neither. Um, and so- even though I'm solely against, uh, you know, far right groups and Nazis, sounds kind of horny for me. But uh, both her and her boyfriend were found guilty of being members of the banned far-right group National Action after a retrial at Birmingham Crown Court. Now, this is... This all takes place in the UK. I got this from Sky News. I saw I saw this, like, browsing Reddit, you know, a little while ago, and just thought it was absolutely hilarious. She ended up... Uh, pleading guilty, and I just thought, like, <laughs> I mean, I guess it makes sense, but I didn't realize that, uh, you know, Nazis are out there trying to have uh, beauty competitions and everything. So does she look like Hitler, or is she just supposed to be a beautiful Aryan woman? Well, she's not blonde. She's uh, brown hair, maybe hazel eyes. Maybe they're blue. I got two pictures of her here, You're one of which is... Her, you know, wing makeup, lipstick, looking kind of cute right in front of a uh, Nazi flag. Love and that. And the other one is her arrest picture where she doesn't even look like the same person. So makeup can do wonders. It sure can. You'll send those to me for the Instagram, correct? Oh, most definitely. <laughs> and her, her, her boyfriend just, he looks like someone from Backwoods, New Jersey, who would ride around on a quad and drop the N-word a lot while drinking. And wear Fox and drink Monster exclusively? Oh my god, yes. Love that. Actually, maybe I'm going to just send this to you now. We'll do this in real fucking time. So there's the picture of their arrest. Okay, okay. Wow, yeah. God, yeah. You see what... <laughs> I like that she's got the real uh, uneven eyes look. They both do, but hers are p- noticeable. It looks like her dad kind of like fixed her face for her when she was young. Oh, wow, okay. Right? Yeah, cool. 
man. Yeah, you guys are going to love this. It's a, This is a good one. Anyway, so go ahead, Dick Fetty. All right. So my first story comes from International Waters, but was specifically posted. The article I read was from News Hub. Venezuelan Navy boat sinks after repeatedly ramming cruise ship. What? Yeah. So a Venezuelan Navy boat has come off second best after reportedly ramming a cruise ship idling off its northern coast. The German-owned RCGS Resolute was idling in international waters near Isla de Tortuga when it was attacked, its owner said, in a futile attempt to perhaps take it back to Venezuela. Gunshots were fired, and shortly thereafter, the Navy vessel approached the starboard side at speed with an angle of 135 degrees and purposely collided with the RCGS Resolute, Columbia Cruise Services said on its website. The Navy vessel continued to ram the starboard bow in an apparent attempt to turn the ship's head towards Venezuelan territorial waters. But the Resolute has high-density steel plating and small frame spacing on her hull, which allows her to be used in polar regions. So the ship, the cruise ship sustained minor damage while the Venezuelan ship started taking on water. So wait, why were they ramming it though? According to the Resolute's crew, uh, they contacted Maritime Rescue Services and waited to ensure that everybody on the sinking Navy boat was safe. So this is, well, there are two answers to that. One is that if you believe the Venezuelan answer, Venezuela suggested that the Resolute may have been carrying mercenary soldiers planning to attack a military base in Venezuela. The Columbia said that they had a crew of 32 people and no passengers on board. The Germans believe that they were trying to ram the boat into Venezuelan waters so that they could then capture it, but it was not successful. So I will post pictures of this gigantic cruise ship. I do not sadly have pictures of the sunken Venezuelan boat. Just but, post a picture of just ocean water. <laughs> yeah, it's basically, I think they rammed into it with a banana boat, and then the banana boat sunk, so. Oh, man. That's it. That's, well, it's it's like something out of fucking Pirates of the Caribbean. That's like something Jack Sparrow was trying to do and completely fail at by sinking his own ship. Uh, no, it's, uh, yeah, I don't, I mean, it's, it's almost like, um, airplane or something like something farcical you know what i mean yeah all right are you ready for uh you want a cute one we'll do a cute one yeah so and i believe you probably already know about this one but dog found behind a wheel after a high-speed chase in washington state oh no i didn't know about this one a washington state man who led police on a high-speed chase on Sunday may have not actually been driving. Officers said they found <laughs> the suspect's pit bull behind the wheel after this 1996 Buick crash. You mean Mr. International? He, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, no, it, it, yeah, it was actually Pitbull. <laughs> a Washington state man has been taking care of him for the last few months. Uh, he has not gotten any Atlantic City gigs recently. No, he was res- so. he was rescued from a pit bull fighting ring, and uh, as the, he was the only pit bull fighting in the ring for man dogs. Ah, that joke w- that was weak. But come back to me. Come back to me. No, 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 no. That's perfect because now I have this this idea in my head of just like a bunch of grungy white dudes with like 
just essentially clones of Pitbull, but like a bunch of them are like slightly deformed from inbreeding. <laughs> <laughs> they all have like really deflated air horn sounding uh, backing tracks and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So the unidentified 51-year-old male suspect from Lakewood, Washington is now facing several charges, including DUI, reckless driving, hit and run, and fel- felony eluding, authorities said. The man allegedly struck two vehicles before he fled on Interstate 5. One trooper re- reported seeing the pit bull in the driver's seat with the owner handling the steering wheel from the passenger seat. The car reportedly hit speeds of 109 miles per hour because Poochers got to go fast during the chase and at one point drove <laughs> on a popular trail for pedestrians and cyclists. And one of my favorite parts of this is uh, in little quotes, fortunately it was empty. Yeah. This State is... troopers, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, this sounds like it's coming from a very clickbaity site. Uh, this came from the Huffington Post. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, it, it popped up on a few other things I was searching out, but... No, 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 I read the same article, but it was just, uh, it's just the way that they wrote it is like a very clickbaity way to say the same things. Other The other place I read wrote it, so... Oh, yeah. Um... And the, anyway, so he got arrested and the pit bull is totally fine. She's a very sweet girl, according to the officer. Good. And she was taking to an animal shelter. So I'm sure after all of this, people will be driving in droves to this animal shelter to adopt the pit bull who can drive. Yeah. Hell yeah. And the owner was uh, released on $8,500. Fail. That's not that's not terrible. No, but I just thought it was adorable. Yeah, I know dogs can drive. You know, give it up for the dogs. I mean, that dog had to be have the time of its life, right? Like, no, my dog is scared if I take a turn at twenty miles an hour. Pit bulls are probably like crapping all over that. Well, maybe not. Some dogs love that stuff, but I just like to imagine yeah. she was terrified. She's like, please let me out of the car. <laughs> I don't know why this pit bull's Russian, but, you know. Well, aren't all pit bulls Russian? They're from Russia, right? They were trained to fight Russian bears. No. Don't fact, me, don't fact check me on that. Snoping. All right. This one is not very fun, but it is kind of local, and it is news. Leave it to Dick Fetty to bring the not-so-fun ones to the episodes. Thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm here. For you. So this comes from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Earth Day founder and girlfriend killer, Ira Einhorn, a.k.a. the Unicorn Killer, a.k.a. Unicorn, 79, dies in a Pennsylvania prison. So this past, I believe it was Saturday, Mr. Ira Einhorn died in prison of natural causes. So do you know anything about this? I don't. Okay. Ira Einhorn, who was started Earth Day in Fairmount Park back in the 70s, I believe, killed his girlfriend, Helen Holly, well, Holly in parentheses, Maddox, 30, in 1977, and then stuffed her body in a trunk that he kept in his Powelton apartment for 18 months. Uh, it eventually was discovered, I believe it was in 1978, give me one sec, I'll get to the year, and when he is... Right before his trial was supposed to start in 1981, he fled to Europe, where he was until he was eventually extradited 
after being captured in France in 2001, so figured 20 years on the lam, uh, and then sent back to Philadelphia where he was convicted of first-degree murder in 2002 for killing her. And the so the story is sad, of course, because somebody got murdered. So Helen Maddox was breaking up with him, and she went to his apartment to get the rest of her stuff, and then he killed her and basically hit her body and I guess nobody was particularly interested in investigating the crime. He also apparently was pretty well connected at the time with some lawyers and other politicians and stuff. And however it is, this, this could be stuff for a deep dive, although I feel like we need a book written on it before um, we could really give it the due justice. But it wasn't until a retired FBI agent was hired by her family to find out, find out what happened to her that he eventually sort of, I guess, gathered enough evidence to point towards Ira's home. And the they came, they searched the place, and they found her body in a trunk, uh, basically partially decomposed, partially mummified. Ew. What's the unicorn have to do with it? So Einhorn means one horn in German. And when he oh. was in the sort of post-hippie days of the 70s, that was his, like you know, sort of post-hippie name for himself. And then when he, when the whole arrest happened and everything else, his new nickname became the Unicorn Killer, which sounds like a much wilder thing than it is, so. Yeah, I thought you were going to be like, and then he stabbed it with the Unicorn Sculpture. No, no. When Einhorn was originally released in 81, it was because of the support of his attorney at the time, Arlen Specter, who later became a U.S. senator and died in 2012. And, I mean, as an attorney myself, like, it sounds like he was just doing his job, whatever, but he got out on a $40,000 bail and fled the country. Not Specter, but Einhorn. And when he was going through Europe, he went from England, Ireland, Sweden, and Denmark, and was at one point attached to Anika Floden, who is some heiress from Sweden. But now the piece of shit is dead and buried. And there was some interview with the surviving family of Miss Maddox. And they were basically mostly said, we've just tried to go on uh, not worrying about like, you know, once he was convicted of murder, we tried to heal and, you know, it's great that he's dead, but we don't, we're not even, letting him occupy space in our minds anymore so it's obviously a tragedy but at the same time i mean that she was murdered not that he's dead but it sounds like there's at least some closure for the families so there you go so i i just realized something and i don't know if you made this connection uh but uh finkel and einhorn is venture right Mm -hmm. right right so and in german einhorn means one horn and if I heard uh, the man, the one horn is the penis. Yeah, wow. I like that that's where your brain went. And you know that Sean Young plays Einhorn? No. Yeah, Sean Young from Blade Runner is Einhorn. Yeah, no, no, I know. Okay, great, wow. That was right before her sort of disappearance from Hollywood for the most part for a long time. And she still looks good in that movie. Still looks good. Dick or not, too, I'd have to say. Moving on. That's a whole. That's a whole other episode. Sure is. So, 
All right. Here's a fun one. Uh, Canadian boy eight wins two hundred dollars worth of cannabis products at youth hockey tournament. Love that. So a grandfather in Canada says he was outraged after finding out what his eight-year-old grandson had won in a raffle at a youth hockey tournament about $200 worth of marijuana. Love that. So he goes on to talk about how (laughs) it's usually like when you win something at this, it's usually like kid-related, right? Yeah, it's age-appropriate. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And the grandfather states, my grandson thought he won a great prize dad i want chocolate no son there's bad drugs in the chocolate <laughs> how do you explain that to a kid oh, uh, man. Sound, sounds like good drugs to me yeah well the i just i don't like there's no real sense of like from the article i have of uh, where they actually came from uh but Someone did, in a, there was a statement that said the products did not appear on the donation table, only a photo and a list of the items contained in the basket. So, like, there wasn't actually any weed there, but it was, like, clearly, like, I don't know how this got past everybody at a youth hockey tournament. Well, oh, it's funny because I have a similar story for later, so. Do you know? Yeah. Well, here, let's, let's just uh, cut to it. Give me one sec. Two kids hospitalized after eating pot gummies from a Utah food bank. What? An 11-year-old and a 5-year-old were taken to a hospital Friday night after consuming medicated nerds rope. Candy given to their families as part of a food distribution effort from a church working with the Utah food bank. And there's more candy out there, according to Roy City Police. More than 60 bags contained three to four servings of the candy rope. The candy is particularly potent as labels in the candy indicate that each one contains 400 milligrams of THC. Adults are normally prescribed 15 to 45 milligrams of the psychoactive (laughs) marijuana component. Uh, The donations appear to have been made by accident and Utah Food Bank President and CEO Jeanette Bott apologized to families who may have received the product. We are absolutely horrified that this product went out to any of our partner agencies and... Our volunteers should have known what to look for. Three other children also consumed the candy, but were not taken to the hospital. So imagine that you, as a as a man, as an adult man, you eat like half of a piece of a nerd rope that's cut into like say four pieces, and you're so high that you forget how to like you know how much is too much smiling, and then you're a five year old and you eat an entire weed nerd rope, and then you're like shitting colors and crying i don't know musical notes or like i don't it just yeah that really tickled me so i who's giving away free edibles is my question well i mean clearly somebody really fucked up but they have a picture of the bag with the nerd rope it's like they clearly like this actually happened for once it wasn't like stoners as a joke like Somebody fucked up somewhere, so I don't know. I mean, they were eating a bunch of medicated nerd ropes at the time, so I'm sure that's how the mistake happened. <laughs> they were like, well, I gotta make sure I put the non-weed nerd ropes in the bag. Come on, Kyle, you can do it. There we go. I'm sure those are not the marijuana nerd ropes <laughs> in this donation bag. All right. 
they high five themselves. Yeah, pretty much. So, have we talked about um, our recent love for Ghost Ship on the podcast? No. Well, listeners, um, if you don't know this, uh, me, Dick Fetty, and Flex Lessa all watched Ghost Ship relatively recently, like, what, like two months ago? Yeah, three, I think, maybe at this point. I think it was, like, I think we watched Ghost Ship in December. Or maybe it was January. It was January, I think. No, well, I'm trying to remember, because I think it could have even been November, because I I know I went for a walk, and it wasn't that cold, and I was able to take those pictures of all those ships in the marina that are, like, sitting, so. Well, either way. Yeah. uh, The three of us fell in love with a classic horror movie called Ghost Ship, and we've been memeing it to each other ever since, and... This isn't the most interesting story, but it had Ghost Ship in the title, so I had to do it. Sure. Uh, owner makes claim to Ghost Ship grounded off of Ireland. So, this is in Dublin. Uh, the purported owner of a Ghost Ship grounded off of Ireland's south coast after drifting crewless for more than a year has made contact with authorities, a government agent said on Wednesday. The 77-meter, or for our American listeners, 250 feet, cargo ship MV Alta ran aground on rocks outside the village of Ballycotton near the southern city of Cork. <laughs> Ballycotton and Cork. Those are funny names for places. Yeah, During but... high seas caused by Storm Dennis. So this was... Ah, in... Dennis, you bastard. <laughs> this, this was in February. Uh, under Irish legislation... The Revenue Service acts as the receiver of wreck and has administrative responsibilities for dealing with the wreck. Receiver so of wreck, like, huh? No, go ahead. I was just going to say receiver of wreck sounds like my ex-girlfriend's nickname. Zig. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, does that make the wreck your penis? Yeah, I'm beating her pussy up. <laughs> with your wreck of a penis? <laughs> no, her vagina looks like a wreck. Whatever. Ghost ship. <laughs> ghost ship well no she's the receiver of wreck anyway yeah so yeah my dick's a mess okay that's fair that's fair most of the time it looks like it's been like beaten on too often which is true and in the winter it, you know what I'm not gonna get into this on air continue it's, it's, it's just so angry looking all the time I don't want to call it scabby but I will say chapped so so They are essentially going through all this red tape of what to do with this ghost ship. I didn't even realize that, like, real ghost ships still happen, although I think it was... We might have even covered it on Weird News. Um, There was, like, a ghost ship, like, a couple of years ago, like, a year ago, where they found, like, actual, like, mummified remains of, like, people in cabins and stuff. No, I don't think uh, so. I think you're thinking of the movie Ghost Ship, or maybe you're thinking of the movie Death Ship, or maybe you're thinking of Man from Medan. Ghost Ship. Ghost Ship. Or maybe I'm thinking of uh, Dracula 3000. No, but that actually happened. There was a... um, Dracula from the Transylvania system. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There was a ship that they found where they had, like, there was, like, the mummified remains of a body. But, um, yeah, I didn't think, like, people just abandoned ships anymore that still, like, floated, so... Ghost ships are real, and there's hope that you and I may end up on one one day. Love it. 
Okay, this is from a website whose name got deleted. Redditors discover <laughs> Cooking Mama Cookstar could be a cryptocurrency mining operation. As it turns out, the elusive and pulled Cooking Mama Cookstar might be a bit more than some gamers bargained for. This is a follow-up to an article that was written the day before. <clears throat> and this is from April 5th, so this is also recent. Okay, so... Uh, as it turns out, Cooking Mama, jeez, oh, so bleh. Cooking Mama Cookstar. What the fuck? All right. So people who downloaded, and I'm not sure if they had to pay for it. I guess they did. This game, this Cooking Mama game. Now I've never played a Cooking Mama game, so I don't know anything about that. I assume that you're some kind of mom who cooks, but. Uh... Yes and no. It's it's very much like a mobile game. Um, I know they have it for... I think Cooking Mama 2 came out recently for the Switch. Okay, well this was also for the Switch. And uh, basically what happens is that players who downloaded the game uh, reported that their batteries were dying rapidly and their Switches were overheating when they played Cooking Mama. And the fact that it might be a cryptocurrency mining operation was discovered by oh, of course they fucking deleted his name but this reddit user who says this is urgent apparently if you own well no this isn't the right person this is not the originator but basically like the original thing says that the, the actual owners of cookie mama don't know that this game exists the press release described it as having blockchain based DR, drm the headquarters of the publisher is a house in connecticut if you get your hands on it it won't launch unless you're online uh your switch network traffic skyrockets battery life craters and the thing overheats in about an, half an hour and there's this whole question of whether the game is officially licensed by planet entertainment who owns the cooking mama license and it doesn't appear to be listed on any social media channels or anything related to planet entertainment there are pictures that are supposed to be with this article that don't show it but they they specifically advertise this blockchain functionality, which I don't know what that means because I'm not a nerd. Yeah, there's just... It's doing a lot of fucky and weird things for people that downloaded it and people who try to play it. So, I don't know why you would download a mobile phone game for your Switch unless you're a psychopath in the first place. But I do like that it's ruining people's Switches and... If you try to play it with Wi-Fi off and no crack, it refuses to launch. So it looks like the blockchain blockchain integration is a miner. Meaning like so, a mi cryptocurrency miner, not like a miner from middle school. So, follow up to that. First of all, um, there's been this interesting thing that's happened since the Switch came out where... Now, Nintendo used to be, like, incredibly stringent on, like, anything that was put onto their system. Right. Um, like, it at least had to work correctly before they put it out. And they wouldn't put out anything, like, too garbagey. I mean, of course, they still put out, like, shovelware. But, you know, shovelware is at least playable for, you know, baby gamers and whatnot. Um, and Cooking Mama is a extremely popular game. Okay. So the, it's like a Candy Crush and, kind of a thing. Uh, well, no, because like there are mainline, there are mainline like games for consoles and stuff. Okay. Uh, but then I think it was, 
I want to say they were big on like maybe the DS or whatever, but I know there's a few, there's a couple on Switch. And the developer has actually said that um, the game wasn't supposed to be released yet. It wasn't finished yet, but the developer was, there was like a miscommunication from the publisher and and the publisher and that the reason that the game is not working well and overheating switch consoles is due to the fact that the programming isn't finished hmm so i i because i wanted to look up pictures of this game to see if i'd seen it on switch online but um well i guess was posted yesterday okay yeah i mean i guess we'll have to follow the story because supposedly but right the devs though supposedly are not actually licensed to produce a cooking mama game in the first place like you know what i mean so it doesn't matter like to me that's like they're saying oh yeah well it's only doing that because it's not done but it's like you're not even supposed to be making a cooking mom like this is an unlicensed cooking mama game that's like cooking your switch but whatever i mean the idea that like people would put out something like this some immensely kind of popular game series somewhat unregulated And then just have it be a giant Bitcoin mining thing is kind of amazing, super believable. And uh, I feel like there are definitely other types of programs that like your mom or my mom would accidentally download that would do that on their computer and would make it run like crap. And you'd be like, why? And that would be why. So I just I I just love that the somehow snuck past Nintendo. Yeah. Which is hilarious. Anyway, let's. You, are you ready for like a gross one? Yeah, fuck me up. Jars of human tongues found underneath home in Florida. Have I piqued your interest? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, you have. Multiple jars of human tongues have been found in a Florida home during an inspection of its foundations. Love that. And I've got a bunch of pictures to send you. Okay. Yikes. Yeah, they're bad, right? (laughs) Yeah. So the white containers are believed to have belonged to one Dr. Ronald Bogman? (laughs) Bowman? Of course course that's what somebody who lives in the swamp's name is. Dr. Bogman. Well, it might be Bowman. It's B-A-U-G-H-M-A-N. Okay. Could be anything. Yeah, it could be anything. But he... Uh, is a or was a pathologist working at the University of Florida back in the 60s and 70s. According to WCJB, Dr. I'm I'm just going to call him Bogman, said he intended to use the specimens during additional research and store the tongues in the crawl space of the house he shared with his now ex-wife, Mary. Big surprise there. <laughs> Just, honey, don't tell me you brought home more seven tongues. It's fine. I'm putting them underneath the floorboards. You won't even know. They them. wanted me to have them. <laughs> Somebody around here's got to have some taste. Zing. <laughs> anyway, uh, the pair said they completely forgotten about the containers being under the house. So and like so, mind you, the gentleman who found these had no idea. So. The jars were labeled with names and dates, and Yikes. each one 
held around a gallon of human remains. So Whoa. you can just imagine that, like, you're this home inspector, right? You come look in this crawl space, and you find these jars that have people's names and dates in them. And you open up, and you're like, those look like body parts. Like, it's kind of so fucking awful. Well, that's kind of the dream, though, isn't it? I mean, to find some, like, really wild shit like human body parts in a home inspection. I mean, it's the dream till it happens, and you're like, this is disgusting, but... I mean, to a degree, um, the the gentleman who found them thought they were bones. Okay. Uh, he said, I removed the bag, which was heavily stained on its interior. I had to manipulate the bag to get the contents to a spot of the bag that was still see-through. I can't tell you how relieved I am that they belong to a renowned physician I don't know if he's renowned. I've never heard of this guy. Yeah, fuck this dude. Who had authority to possess them and had simply forgotten them. I'm so relieved that they weren't little innocent victims. Now, I don't know if he really did have the authority to have Yeah, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, 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 where's the proof of that? Like, we have no idea. This, this, this bog man could have just, like, been stealing tongues from cadavers and then when his now ex-wife uh, went to sleep. He's just, you know, opened up the cross face and just slapping him on his balls. That's a little scary. Yeah, and also a little bit sexy. Yeah, I give you that. That's definitely that's the second place my brain goes. It's usually the first for me. Fair enough. But I thought that was super fun and super gross. Yeah, no, and I'm... Who gets- who gets to keep the tongues? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of questions that I have about, like, why... Okay, so even if you hypothetically have a license for, like, medical waste or whatever, how is, like, your crawl space the appropriate area to store? Like, that just... It's a... Like, I would think a hypothetical bio... Like, yeah, that's... I would be interested to follow up on this story in a couple months. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I they 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 have to be at least somewhat legit unless the police just are like, nah, we don't feel like looking into this because it's like, yeah, like out of all of the places you could keep them, like they're supposed to be research. He said he was using them for research or whatever, right? Right. That's so you're point. gonna put them in your dark, dirty, dungy crawl space. Yeah, research space. That's what I call my crawl space. Especially in Florida, where, like, it just rains, and you could just, they could just all get destroyed. So, I know that this isn't related to uh, what we're talking about as far as news stories, but I guess it is a news story in the sense of it's new to your ears, and it's a story. So, uh, I one time maybe clicked on an Instagram link for a bunch of stickers, and now I get, like, hentai, pseudo-hentai sticker-like companies are trying to like advertise their pseudo hentai stickers to me all the time and they're not like obscene enough for me to pull the trigger but they're also uh like they're just they're just and they they don't have any characters i care about so you know i mean what what are you going to do with hentai stickers if i had a hentai sticker i might consider putting it on my car somewhere or like 
you know, on a pillow and then having sex with the pillow, but... Okay, number one, we both know you would never put a sticker on your fucking car. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. And if you're anything like me, you get a sticker and you're like, what am I going to put this on? Because whatever it's going to be on, it's going to be there forever. And then it just sits in a drawer. Yeah, that's what stickers are for. <laughs> Although now I want to see all these hentai stickers. Mm. They're not hentai, though. That's the problem. They, like say hentai but then you look at them and you're like that ain't hentai that ain't hentai so cool well yeah cooking mama cooking mama so go ahead with your next news story <laughs> so this one is is good for two reasons one because they made like what is essentially a three sentence story into a seven page article online uh, from like the Nottingham whatever, and then, well, that's it. Uh, it also oh Nottinghamshire Live Daily something, uh, and then it's one of two COVID stories I'm doing, but partially because it's like a one sentence thing. Man caught with ruts rucksack of cannabis tells police, "I'm buying in bulk due to lockdown." <laughs> That's basically no. that's basically the story. So they have a picture of big fat British cops, uh, and this guy who's got his hood up and a backpack, and they're just like pulling gigantic bags of weed out of it. <laughs> and they said that uh, for the most part in Nottinghamshire, a lot of crime has been really down because like robbers can't rob anybody's house because uh, they're all home, and uh, the. Like, all the stores aren't getting stuff robbed from them because nobody's in the stores or the stores are closed. And then the people they do catch out are, like, buying drugs. And then they're, like, really easy to catch because there's almost nobody on the streets. And then when they are, half the time they have drugs. So it's been a pretty good day to be a, a fat biggie, so. Yeah, I was thinking about um, what would happen to me if I... Uh had come to record at your place tonight and driving home at, gee, I don't know, probably 12.30 at night or 1 a.m. Yeah, but I mean, and... I... I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, no, because like I, I've gotten pulled over once coming home from your place, and that's because literally on my way home, both my headlights went out. <laughs> it was the worst. and uh, But the, the cop was nice and gave me a break. He was like, just drive home with your head. I'd be fine. And I was like, okay, I'll say thank you. But of course, Mariah was like, did you get a thing from work to let cops know that you're essential? And I was like, no, not that would have mattered. Well, and here's the thing to know about that for people in the state of New Jersey or in other states. In New Jersey right now, all municipal courts are suspended. So they can give you a ticket and they can't even make you go to court. They can't even give you a court date for it yet because the courts are suspended indefinitely. And in my opinion, they are going to have a difficult time enforcing a travel ban, regardless of whether or not you have the paperwork. And most of the time you get a ticket for something that you can prove you didn't do wrong. Uh, so if they gave you a ticket for traveling without appropriate papers, if you bring the papers to court, they'll say, OK, you know, like I think they're going to have an incredibly difficult time ticketing people and I have not heard of anyone, at least in South Jersey, anyone being pulled over, much less ticketed for, like, inappropriate travel or, like, you know, not having uh, 
uh, authorization or whatever. So. So what you're saying is that my jury duty is canceled. Uh, when's your jury duty? Uh, in a week. Yes, it is. Nice. Yeah. Uh, ask ask me the day or two before, but it should be it should be canceled because I know that they canceled uh, in the most recent order all all jury stuff for all cases through I think it was mid April. So, but I think they also pushed that back all the way into May already. But I'll have to double check. I hope you guys find me having jury duty interesting. So are are you ready for one I've been just like hot on my heels to talk to you about, but yeah. I wanted to save it for um, our episode? Fuck me, daddy. I just sent you a picture of what we're going to be talking about. Look how pretty it is. Oh, it's another Miss Hitler. Mm, no. <laughs> so here's the, here's the headline. Prepare to have your socks knocked way the fuck off. Okay. Mother and daughter who ran Colorado funeral home accused of illegally selling body parts oh yeah yeah prosecutors allege that megan hess 43 and shirley uh koch koch whatever 66 offered cremation services but instead donated body parts without consent a mother and daughter who ran a funeral home in colorado were indicted for using the business to sell human remains without the consent of the families. Sorry, you said. Megan Hess, 43, Shirley Coke, 66, I'm going to keep changing your name, were arrested and charged with six counts each of mail fraud and three counts each of illegal transportation of hazardous materials. Hess and Koch opened the Sunset Mesa Funeral Home in Montrose in 2009, the same year, has started a nonprofit donor donor service business that operated out of the same location as funeral home, which is hilarious, according to a press release by the United States Attorney's Office, District of Colorado. A federal indictment unsealed on Tuesday states that the donor service business will harvest human remains and sell them to customers who use them for scientific, medical, or educational purposes. Prosecutors allege that the mother and daughter did not always have permission from families to donate the remains. Hess and Koch used the funeral home to offer grieving families cremation services, but, and this is in quotes, many never occurred, according to the press release. (laughs) (laughs) They either donated entire bodies or body parts without authorization from the families. <clears throat> Hess and Koch also delivered cremains to families with the representation that the cremains were that of the deceased when frequently that was not the case. The well, duo ran the scheme from, this is my favorite part, 2010 to 2018. They almost hit a decade. Good for them. And I know, right? And charged at least $1,000 for cremation services. So imagine how many people they didn't cremate. I wonder if, like, like I hope that they were smokers and they would just, like, shave all their cigarette ash and just dump them in the fucking earth. I think, the uh, indictment... 
I think bone dust is heavier than that, but yeah, I do agree. I just imagine that somebody took home an urn, and then like, you know, five years later, the cat knocks it over, and when it breaks open, it's just full of cigarette butts and dirt. And they're like, Grandma? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So, the indictment alleges that they made so much money from the donor services business, they were able to offer lower-priced cremation services than other funeral homes in the area. (laughs) As a result, Hess was able to ensure a constant supply of bodies for her and Cox's body broker services business. I mean, to be fair... This is pretty ingenious. Um, I I think their their true downfall is that they were charging clients for a service they didn't actually render, and that's what fucks them up. I mean, I personally see it as like American capitalist profiteering at its best, and essentially a victimless crime in the sense of these people are dead regardless. So who gives a shit? But what they should do is just offer a body brokering service and say, hey, you could cremate grandpa, but have you ever thought about selling parts of grandpa for cash to pay for a shitty funeral? (laughs) Because if that was an option, dude, I mean, it might create like a slight issue of like people bringing in dead bodies and being like, I want 40 bucks. But like, I guess that's why they don't, you can't just be out and out with it. Like an advertise to the public. But, like, yeah, I mean, I, this doesn't, I mean, why would you pay somebody to, like, burn somebody? <laughs> People do, I mean, me personally, I want to rot in the ground, but. Is that what you want? Me. Yeah, dude. Big rots. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, I mean, I've got elaborate funeral services planned, so. I mean, I want to, I want to, you know, live the same life I did in death as I did in actual life. I just want to take up space. So you're going to, like, be buried in that big-ass lazy boy you got in your, uh, your den. Just, like, yeah, fully rec- fully reclined and, and rotten all the way to hell. Definitely not exactly where I am right now. Precisely. <laughs> but, yeah, I just, oh, God, I just, I loved that story. That's, yeah. um, mm, you, you can't make that up. No, you sure and, can't. I, the best part about it is, as someone who was very interested in going into the death business for a while and very much wanted to, you know, be a funeral director, um, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of money that goes into um, planning a funeral and being someone who manages a funeral home, like, pretty much trying to upsell people, be like, oh, well, you know, this urn is like you know made of pure bronze and it's it's you know it's real hefty and it will really hold those ashes i just want to know what they put in there and how much they were upcharging these people for certain things well i would think that they wouldn't have to upcharge i mean that's the whole thing it's like they are they're basically doing they're doing cremations at competitive prices the only difference is that you don't really have a guarantee that it's your dead relative in the receptacle that you get back. So, you know, that's... I, I, I just feel like there's a good sketch comedy bit somewhere in here where there's like a, 
like one of those like mattress or like uh, used car lot sale commercials where it's like come on down to our funeral home we charge less for burning your loved ones yeah yeah anyway. for sure alright I'm gonna send you a picture please be up your penis 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 waiting 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 penis picture penis picture penis picture penis picture oh no Terrifying, That's... terrifying model shows what avid gamers could look like in just 20 years. Now, the best part is I immediately looked at the date of this article, which was April 6th, 2020. But it goes on to say researchers from onlinecasino.ca have predicted what avid gamers could look like in just 20 years if they don't change their habits. And this came from like some fucking British post whatever nonsense. It's. So for our readers, or our listeners rather, we will of course post this picture, but it's like this balding dude with a mini, like a shirt from Baby Gap that says Future Gamer in sweatpants with a huge bulging stomach and slouchy, um, uh, what do you call it, posture and a thinning hairline and bad brows. And it's just like... hmm? Huge arms, oh my god. Oh yeah, like full on gorilla raper arms. So... It, I don't understand. I Well, I just assume that this is all a lie. And this is like just some kind of like five days after April Fool's, this shows up. But basically, it's, it's supposed to show that like, the visualization shows that Michael has pale and pasty skin from years of being in artificial light. And the result of lack of vitamin D and B12, he has stress-related eczema across his legs and arms and a permanently bent back from poor posture. Now, as somebody whose lower back constantly hurts from my terrible posture, I don't think they're totally off the mark, but I'm pretty sure that um, playing video games didn't hurt my eyes in the way that they intend, but rather me being 32 has made my eyes get worse. So it's just like, it's such a classic, like, you know, this could be you, Jimmy, but I don't know, as an adult, I just go to the gym so I don't look like that, and don't eat exclusively Doritos. So, but it's, it's really, it's, it's a visual article and you just have to see it. But Ben, what do you think? Is this, is this our future? Well, number one, I cannot look away. Uh, number two, um, is he supposed to look Asian? Oh, I just think he looks British. Really? Yeah. I the, eyes are, the eyes are giving me an Asian vibe. Anyway. That's racist. Um, no. You bigot. They're not. Yes, I, I know what you mean. But yeah, no, I, I think he's entirely just uh, a white pasty boy. I think he's part salamander, if anything. Oh, uh, I mean, there's already people who live their lives like that, though, who don't go outside and have poor posture. I mean, I I have a back to pull me. My back is fucked from day one. But, uh, no. No, I think this is stupid. Yeah, I know. I mean, it wasn't it's, like it was in the New York Times, you know. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, this is just, a, I, I'm mesmerized, mesmerized by these arms, like the proportions on this man. It looks like he, they're so long. Yeah, he's terrifying. Yeah, I mean, this looks like a render from the reboot era TV show type computer graphics. So. 
you know, I don't think they had their best people on this. I do want to say that unrelated to this story, but related generally to how hard it is currently to look for weird news during the pandemic, I was going into deep holes trying to dig up good stories, and I wound up on Reddit in one particular subreddit where there was a story that said Keanu Reeves says he believes Donald Trump is the kind of man that every young person in America should believe, respect, and look up to, and he, whatever, whatever, and I was like, what? I'm like, what? no way. So I click on the thing, and it takes me to this website that is like, it looks like Web 1.0, and then it's just a string of like outrageous article titles with like celebrities, and it's like the website's like conservative voice dot geocities, whatever, and it's just like completely fabricated bullshit, but like it, it's the source. Or I should say it's like one of the places that people would pull from to put on their Facebook or this, that, or the other. And clearly, like, it's gotten enough traffic to wind up on this particular subreddit. And it was just, I was like, oh my god. Like, this is, this is how people believe. And, like, it was, and it was like, that was just celebrity gossip. Like, but it's the same kind of thing as, like, 5G towers are, like, causing corona or whatever bullshit. And, uh. I just thought it was funny. I had to get right the fuck out of there because I was like, this is insanity. Like, this is not real. But Don't even get me started on the whole 5G Towers thing. <laughs> There's an idiot I work with who uh, listed off the uh, virus symptoms. And he's like, you know what they're, all, you know what they're also like? Uh, they're also like radiation poisoning. So how about that for some food for thought? And this man technically outranks me at work. Yeah. So... Yeah, That's let's my fucking life. Yeah, let's not even let's not go any further on that. So what do you got next for me, partner? Okay. So I actually found out about this recently. Uh, my father in law had told me about it and uh I did not know. Um th- there have been more developments. This story is actually from uh two years ago. So somewhat apologizing in advance but there's been like recent developments in it okay i don't have in front of me but i'll kind of gloss over anyway an 87 year old millionaire buried treasure in the rockies and he's offered one main clue so i'm actually probably not going to super go into a full deep dive on this because it is uh quite old but uh there is this man forrest Fenn who is apparently incredibly, incredibly rich. So anyway, long story short, he supposedly has buried a treasure chest somewhere in the Rockies. Okay. So, and if anyone doesn't know, the Rockies stretch from Montana to New Mexico. Okay. Mm -hmm. And... He posted on his Instagram a poem, which is supposedly supposed to be the only thing that you need. And I know this is an old news story, but I read something recently that I don't have in front of me and couldn't actually find again. But um, it had me thinking about it. And uh, I think it's kind of fun. So anyway, here is the poem. As I have gone alone in there, and with my treasure bold, I can keep my secret where, and hint of riches new and old. 
Begin it where warm waters halt and take it in the canyon down, not far, but too far to walk. Put in below the home of Brown. From there is no place for the meek. The end is ever drawing nigh. There'll be no paddle up your creek. Just heavy loads and water high. <laughs> heavy uh, if you've been wise and found the blaze, look quickly down your quest to cease. But tarry scant with marble gaze. Just take the chest and go in peace. So why is it that I must go and leave my trove for all to seek? The answer I already know, I've done it tired and now I'm weak. So hear me all and listen good. Your effort will be worth the cold. If you are brave and in the wood, I give you title to the gold. So apparently the chest is nearly a square foot in size and weighs about 40 pounds when full. And it's supposed to contain emeralds, ruby, gold coins, diamonds, and um, artifacts. So he is a self-taught archaeologist, right? And he, like, traveled all over the world. And from what it sounds like, it's, he was, like, a essentially an Indiana Jones, but without, um, you know, doing the right thing and leaving it to museums and instead of pretty much grave robbing, which if you're an archaeologist that just keeps everything, you're probably kind of a grave robber, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, the... He was criticized in the 1990s for excavating the San Lazaro Pueblo Indian site he bought. And the FBI searched his home in 2009 in connection with the sale of artifacts looted from the Four Corners area, though no charges were filled, uh, filed. And um, apparently he filled, you know, so-called chests uh, when he was diagnosed with cancer in 1988 and planned to drag it into the mountains to die beside it, but he survived, and he left it in a walk-in vault at his house for years, uh, where apparently a couple of witnesses have confirmed to uh, NPR that they saw it filled to the brim with valuables. He decided to hide it and launch a hunt years later during the Great Reception, and so, like, this has been going on for a while. There's a subreddit dedicated to it. He gets emails every fucking day about it. Um, and uh, people have been dying looking for it. Good. Uh, I think a, a guy fell off a cliff. I think a guy <laughs> got eaten by a mountain lion. Well, good. Um, mountain lions are hungry. And, yeah, I mean, but, like, <laughs> let, me, let me just... Um, let me just say a couple quotes. Uh, he, he gave a couple additional clues at one point. Uh, the treasure chest is not underwater, nor is it near the Rio Grande River. It is not necessary to move large rocks or climb up or down a steep precipice. Please remember that I was about 80 when I made two trips from my vehicle to where I hit the treasure. The search is supposed to be fun. Look, all I'm saying is... Um, Maybe we make a motel hell documentary where we go out and we find this chest and we no longer have to have jobs and we can just do this full time. But I think that like all good road trip 
movies. It should be, that should be our loose goal. But the reality is that within 24 hours of the road trip, one of us has relapsed. Within 36 hours, at least one person's died, but it's not us. And, you know, five days later, like, it's Heart of Darkness style, like, it's sort of like The Ring meets Blair Witch Project, except for it's Natural Born Killers, and it's going to be, there's going to be no treasure, and the hunt, the real hunt, will be the hunt for meaning in the nightmare we leave behind. No, and, and, yeah. yeah, (laughs) No. (laughs) No, that's not it, that's shit. No, we need the fucking treasure. No, see, we, we, we come to this point, right? Like, you and I are on this mountain cliff, and we're like, you know, we kind of really fucked up during this trip, but I think, you know... Lend me your hand, I brother! Real, <laughs> I think I think the real lesson here is that, you know, maybe we were going about this all wrong, and, you know, we exchange hugs and everything, and then we walk off, and the camera pans down, and... The treasure chest was actually like about fifteen feet from us at that point. Sure, sure. Uh yeah. Look, all I'm saying is that we should go find it. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I just think it's it's super cool. I hope somebody does find it, and I just hope they're not a dick bag. Yeah. But like, you know, what do you, you know, it's it's crazy because. Um, the reason I, I brought this up, even though it's an older one, is because it. I, I, I'd read a story about it recently, because um, it came up in the news again, because I think somebody else had died looking for it. But, like, they're the rocky fucking mountains, man. Like, you're not, like, it's not a safe thing. Uh, Mariah and I watched a documentary, and I use that term kind of loosely, about this series of books, which is something like I've kind of on and off wanted to cover on the podcast, but it deals with um, weird disappearances that happen in national parks in the U.S. Uh, and like, so it's, it's called the book series is called Missing 411, and um, one of the cases took place in I don't even remember when, but like. It, they were talking about how like they're in this mountain trail and within like an hour it went from like 70 degrees to uh, like below like like 14 below <laughs> just like within a couple hours and I'm like god man the outside is fucking terrifying yeah so well it's, it's, are gonna... it's I mean they're mountains like they're literal fucking yeah. mountains you if you break the cloud line it's gonna be mighty cold like, I don't know what people expect. They're idiots. And I don't believe that this dude actually hid the treasure. He's some old-ass dude when he did it. He never did that. That's bullshit. Move fucking gold is heavy. No old man is burying any fucking treasure. And if he did, probably some fucking drug addict found it or something. I But, like, nah. Dude, nah. That's None of that's Here, real. You want, see, you want a picture of him? I seen him. I looked it up while you were telling me about it. He's mighty cute. He's a bitch-ass hell. He, he owns a lot of weird boots. Good for him. Uh, <laughs> you ready to be wowed? Oh, fucking wow me, Daddy. Alright. Actually, no, you, you call me Daddy. I'm going to call you Peepaw. Alright. Wow me, You ready Peepaw. to be wowed? Daddy? Yeah. Paw? Okay. We're going to blaze through these last couple. They're funny, but they don't really need a lot of time. This one is like a goddamn comedy of errors. Alright. Eugene, Oregon. 
Raging fire broke out last night at the U-Haul on River Road. So it all started with a dispute between a man and a woman in the U-Haul parking lot. The man was in a vehicle and threw a lit firework at the woman standing outside the vehicle. When she ducked for cover, the firework burst into sparks and the man drove away. Unbeknownst to the man and woman, a thief was underneath one of the U-Hauls stealing gas. Sparks from the firework flew near the gasoline and four of the U-Hauls burst into flames with the thief catching fire as well. The gasoline thief and the woman both ran from the scene and the thief running away with his pants and sleeve on fire. Police said once they arrived, the owner of the U-Haul showed up and was able to pull the security footage which depicted the scene described above. Stott said the footage was clear enough for them to see the license plate of the man who threw the firework and they were able to arrest the man at his home nearby before the fire was completely cleared. He's been charged with reckless endangering criminal mischief and I believe those are it for now. As for the gasoline thief, the police were not able to locate him. <laughs> so good, right? It's, uh... I mean, what? I just how far could they have gone? How they could they not find a dude covered in burns? And gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> it's Eugene Oregon. And this, I mean, this was like three days ago. So I imagine everybody's drunk and everybody's on meth. So you're looking hard, but you're not like looking smart because you're hammered. Well, I just, I love the idea that, like, this dude's like, fuck you, bitch, here's a firecracker, and he throws at her. Pa-plow! See this, yeah, you just see this dude just be like, ah, just come running. Yeah, like, well, who has a box of fireworks in the, in this, in the passenger seat of their car, you know? I mean. People who are more uh, prepared than us. Yeah, that's true. I mean, um, so, quick, uh quick story i uh got pulled over went on some at least uh illicit substances when i was younger i didn't get arrested but because we had fireworks in the car somebody else got arrested so it does happen true we had fireworks in that car for like a month yeah i know well i've had fireworks in my bathroom for like two years so yeah there you go yeah but um you are so lucky i never found them yeah, well, then now they're just sitting on the kitchen table, so. Pandemic. Mm-hmm. All right, let me let me hit this next one. So this is a, a, how can I put it? This is a relatively, quote, metal story, but it's actually sad. And acclaimed heavy metal cover artist, which I think is using the word acclaimed liberally, Jean-Pascal J.P. Fournier was arrested on Thursday for allegedly killing his 80-year-old father, Jean-Paul Fournier, by disemboweling him and shooting him in the head with an arrow. Police apparently discovered Jean-Paul's body on Wednesday after being alerted by relatives. The victim's wife, an elderly and sick woman, was upstairs... I think she was... I read two articles on this. They were both poorly translated. I believe that the, the son killed his father while his mom was upstairs at their house. Okay. What the fuck are you doing over there? Nothing. You doing playing with Tech Decks? I'm definitely not playing Animal Crossing while you're talking. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> one day after the murder, Jean Pascal tried to commit suicide by jumping into the Isere River in the town of Saint Martin de Hare, or whatever. I can't pronounce French. Sorry, guys. In the suburbs of Grenoble, Grenoble. Uh, the police Grenoble. were called. 
the, the police were called and the 47 year old suspect who was not injured was immediately taken by investigators to the Grenoble police department. So he has done artwork for Avantasia's the metal opera dragon forces, Valley of the damned Ed guys, savage poetry. He did the special edition of immortals damned in black and the sweet ass cover art for immortals at the heart of winter. So apparently like he hadn't been making, he had selling metal cover album artwork was not a living for him, but I don't know that that contributed one way or another to his hypothetical break with reality to disembowel his father, or maybe his dad was just a dickhead. I don't really know. Uh, there's not a lot of information at this time. This is, this just happened, but I'm just going to go through the list of his metal credits, which don't excuse a murder, but are just slightly interesting. You can check him out on metalarchives.com. Acre, Angel Corpse, Anthemon, Archon in Faustus, Ascension, Asacrentus, Avantasia, Axis of Advance, Black Empire, Black Rain, Blaspheme, Blasphemic Cruelty, Bloodthorn, Brothers of Metal, Burning Shadows, Celador, Cryonic Temple, Crystal Gates, Deafening Silence, Dementia, Dragon Force, Dream Child, Dream Tone, and Iris Mavrocki's Neverland, Edguy, Altharia, Elven King, Eternal Flight, Eternal Winter, Evil One, Forgotten Realm, Fraternia, Gaia Epicus, Gardinian, Garwall, Goatland, <laughs> or Gotland, I'm sorry, Guttural, Heavenly, Hemorragi, Hidden, Hurlment, Immortal, Impaled Nazarene. Oh yeah, he did the Urga Karma reissue cover. Impiety, uh. Estancia, Carrion, Cobb, Kragans, Lagan, Beltza, Lone Wolf, Magica, Menignance, Manigance? Manigance. <laughs> Manignance. <laughs> Manignance. That's my name. That's what my mama named me. Memorized Dreams. Morning Ends. My Last Whisper. Mystic Circle. Nightmare. Nostradamus. Odin's Court. Olympus Mons. From here to Olympus Mons. <laughs> Obra Dice. Orphan Gypsy. Pharaoh. Power Quest. Rain. Red Wine. Rest in Peace. Rotting Head. Sacred Blood. Sacred Gate, Savage Wisdom, Scorn Forger, Seven Witches, Seventh Sin, Silent Hill, not the game, Skull Hammer, uh -huh. Soul Spell, Steel Attack, Stormlord, Sue's Idol, Terracide, The Ring, Through Darkness, Toxic Toys, Tristitia, Tristitia, Twilight, Twilightning, oh, terrible, and they did an album called Plague House Puppet Show. Unleash the Archers. Valknacht. Valdemar. And. Oh, that's it. Uh, most that of those. List <laughs> go, go ahead. It was way longer than I thought it was going to be. That was why I had to do the whole thing, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you figure, unless you're making. Uh, like an album cover for like once a month, how are like, who's going to pay you $10,000 to do an album cover? Right. No one. Right. No one. Like, unless you were metal, uh, Metallica. <laughs> metal. No, I don't think Metallica would pay that much. Yeah, they would. 
I bet Putrid got paid ten thousand dollars for the stuff that he did back in the eighties and nineties. Maybe. I think so. I do think so. But I mean, right? Most people, most labels, even if they're a really big metal band, are just not going to pay that much for the artwork, uh, unless they've got some truly big label money behind them. But obviously, it's not going to be enough. Which is sort of neither here nor there as far as the main article is concerned. And I will also say that the majority of those bands looked like terrible power metal and nonsense bands, goth or folk metal and all that shit, which I guess if you live in Europe and you have like a hypothetical, I don't know. It's just like fairy tale metal of the worst kind in my mind, because it speaks to like this fairy tale version of European history. That's just silly. And I guess if you're really into LARPing, which is cool in its own right, but also, I mean, let's all be honest, it's not, uh, you know, this could be fun music for it. But as a person who really likes metal, like, like I don't fuck off with all that. I, I, I don't know what was longer, the list of the band names or your rant that you just spurled into because of the band names. <laughs> fair enough, fair I enough. Just, I love that every time we do a news episode, you bring at least one thing, and as soon as you read the headline, I'm like, this is going to be hard to joke about. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, let me do my, my last two are quick. Well, I should say my last three. So, my other COVID one is that Malaysia's government advises women that for the COVID lockdown, they should not nag their husbands, they should not wear, quote, house clothes, they should put on makeup and do their best to encourage their man and look pretty and act as if everything is okay. Malaysia has uh, (laughs) the highest amount of COVID cases in Southeast Asia, and the Malaysia's Ministry of Women, Family, and Community Development put out this meme, which I'll send you, although it's in Malaysian, so it's a little hard to read, but uh, it's been taken down since, but was immediately memed and people were outraged by like this ancient style of um, like, are you kidding? Oh, they should help with the household chores. They should avoid being sarcastic. And yeah, so people were pretty upset and said, are you fucking kidding me? But I think, well, actually, I don't know about Malaysian politics and ethnicities, religions or whatever. So I'm not going to get into that, but at the same time, when the country originally uh, started movement controls, which is to say forcing people to stay at home on March 18th, they said that only the head of the household, a.k.a. the man, could leave the house to purchase necessities. And there was sort of a social media uproar, not only on the restriction itself, but like a humorous result which was that there were all these pictures of men at grocery stores having no idea where to buy or find anything and so they're all on their phones calling home being like what the fuck am i supposed to do so uh this guy from malaysia said in a post on facebook attention all men he advised shoppers like me don't forget to fully charge your phone before you execute your mission also don't also get enough sleep the night before so you can stay calm over the phone to minimize disruptions during your operation. Tesco Malaysia said that now all husbands can shop. Here at Tesco, we have your back. And uh, 
you know, basically people's gender roles are being a little bit challenged and, and whatnot. But anyways, they're just having a grand old time telling people what to do and what to think and what gender norms are supposed to be. So that was a, that was a lighthearted COVID romp for you. Uh, that is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So this is, I'm going to condense a very long story into a relatively short one. Uh, so a soldier, Devin M. Schmidt, faked his own suicide on the coast of the Puget Sound. He was a in the Marines and in an attempt to get out of the Marines, go AWOL, go to Mexico and fight the cartels, according to his cousin, Ryan E. Bell. So he basically, he asked his mom a couple weeks before, what would you do if I went AWOL? And then said some other things that kind of set people up to later be like, I don't think he killed himself, but he left, uh, he left his dog tags and unlocked cell phone with a video saying, if you found this, I'm dead and some other shit. And like, basically was like, Oh yeah, I've been real depressed. And then his cousin who was in on the scheme said like, Oh, I got a message. You know, I think something's happened. And then they went out like, you know, he alerted his mom, Devin's mom. They called the police. The police tried to go out, but the weather was bad because it's the Puget sound. And in all, they spent about $172,000 of taxpayers money on search and rescue forces trying to find them. But after, I think, the first day, his mom basically started to think, like, I think he's faking this. And then the kids started sending messages from a fake Facebook account to kind of check up on the situation to his cousin. And then eventually they cracked and are being, uh, he's being court-martialed. And I think the other kid's also being tried in federal court and are probably going to go to jail and be fined substantially. So, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I just like it because the headline was soldier charged with faking suicide to go AWOL in Mexico and fight cartels. <laughs> okay, buddy. If you can't even fake your own death, you're definitely not going to be able to su- successfully fight the cartels. Yeah, I doubt it. And then this last one uh, is, I don't really think I need to say much, but China joins the UN Human Rights Panel and will help pick experts on free speech, health, and arbitrary detention. So uh, there's a quote from Hillel Neuer, executive director of UN Watch, a non-governmental human rights organization, which says, allowing China's oppressive and humane regime to choose the world investigators on freedom of speech, arbitrary detention, and enforced disappearances is like making a pyromaniac into the town fire chief. And it's kind of funny, but I mean, not that it matters. Like this was basically always going to happen uh, in this post-COVID world. Things will only get worse. But yes, I had to just chuckle because that was on Not The Onion subreddit. And I thought, yep, that sounds right. So, you know, but that was like when we had to put Rush on the Security Council and all the rest. It was like, you know, whatever. Oh... So that about wraps it up for news from me. Same Z's. Well, that was fun. I hope I hope our listeners enjoyed that and uh, can find some humor and solace in these stories, either now or in the future, once the pandemic has culled all of our weakest and eldest. And um, yeah, I don't I don't think I got any more. Yeah, me neither. 
thank God for this, you know? Yeah. so tired of seeing COVID stuff. Although, I did see one, like, uh, I couldn't tell if it was in bad taste or not, and I can't remember where it was, but it was um, officers wearing, like, the COVID virus cell or whatever, like, like on their head, like a mask. It was, it was weird. Yeah. Yeah. All right, people, well, go to hell. No, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, uh, later nerds. <laughs> later nerds.